to some, wrestling dream matches and creative thoughts equal a fantasy booked wrestling podcast. But to those of you that know me, I'd like to call this Trading Places Austin versus Hogan, the one that got away. Welcome everyone to another edition of Kicking Out of Two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenluth, and we are on this continuous path during WrestleMania season to bring you an exciting show planned as we're going to alter our signature role reversal series, excuse me as I'm losing my voice, to discuss the what-ifs and whys when it comes to the biggest dream match in wrestling history that never happened. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan. We discuss how this match could have taken place at not one, but two WrestleManias and why it didn't occur on both fronts. Something just a little bit different as we normally take a pay-per-view or a particular match and we switch the results to map out the trajectory of the winners and losers had the match gone the opposite way. This time we present to you the trading places scenario first and tell you why we could replace it with what we originally witnessed during those individual time periods. But before we do all of that, hit us up on social media, Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button, links to archive shows, pictures, all kinds of fun retro pro wrestling interaction going on over there. Same thing with our Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T and the number two. Same fun, but 140 characters characters or less you can find all the great stuff over there as well as find links to archive shows over at the retromania pro wrestling podcast network on podbean search retromania with a w you'll find this show kicking out at two as well as marking out the day's weekend warriors hulkamania is dead origins of attitude gaijin wrestling radio and so much more great bonus content all over there searching retromania with a w if podbean ain't your jam then you can find us on google play you can find us on apple Podcasts, spreaker spotify stitcher and all podcast platforms available by searching Retro Mania with a W. <sighs> all right, let's let, let's get into the nuts and bolts here. Let's talk about you know this 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 dream match, if you will, the match that got away. Like I said, the one that got away. Um, as we all know, for for us wrestling historians out there, WrestleMania 18, we got to see Hogan and The Rock. Another great dream match that nobody thought they would ever see. As Jerry Lawler liked to have called it, it was Babe Ruth versus Barry Bonds. Um, and, uh, you know, it was it was a classic. It's something that gets talked about and will be talked about for many, many years to come. Um, but now we're going to give you, you know, the, 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 the trading places scenario here. What would have happened had we got to see Austin versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18? But before we do all that, let's talk about the lead up that got us to WrestleMania 18 in real time in 2002. Um, Vince McMahon had his issues with his business partner, Ric Flair. They were both co-owners of the World Wrestling Federation, and uh, there was a match at the Royal Rumble in 2002 that set off this maniacal um, phase you know, in Vince McMahon to want to kill the World Wrestling Federation, the creation that he built because he couldn't coexist in the same WWF with Ric Flair as his business partner. So he decided to bring in a couple of guys that had reputations both on screen and behind the camera uh, for, for, for being shit disturbers over in WCW, the NWO, the original three, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Um, we would eventually see them return at the No Way Out pay-per-view in February of that year, 2002, um, basically trying to make us all believe that they were there to make the WWF better um, in a very condescending way, kind of, you know, um, they're, they're, they're fuck you to the fans, so to speak. Um, we're not bad guys. We're good guys. We love the WWF. We're here to make it better. Um, throughout the course of that night, the NWO crossed paths with Steve Austin. They tried to offer him some beer. He turned it down. They crossed paths with The Rock. They made a couple of, of uh, remarks to him after his match with Undertaker. And, uh, you know, he, um, he had... Uh, he had fired back in true rock fashion, kind of setting the table for something to come with rock and and uh, and the NWO. I mentioned it earlier. Rock and Undertaker had a match. They had a series of uh, of altercations leading up to this match, some physical altercations, and um, Ric Flair got involved, costing the Undertaker that match. Hold on to that thought because it's gonna come up later again. So just bear with me here. Um, and then eventually, uh, at the end of that pay-per-view, we would see the NWO cost Steve Austin the undisputed WWF Championship against Chris Jericho in the main event. He would, they would beat him down at the end. They would do the traditional NWO spray paint, spray paint in the back of Austin, and we would go off the air with the NWO kind of setting the table for what's to come uh, WrestleMania-wise. So... Um, 
Eventually, we would uh, the, we would get to the next night, and The Rock would challenge Hulk Hogan to a match at WrestleMania, which Hogan would accept. Uh, and then the NWO would beat down The Rock, put him on a stretcher. Then the, the NWO would take a semi truck, and they would ram the ambulance that The Rock was in, and we wouldn't see The Rock for about a week and a half, which was bullshit. And I'll get to that shortly too. <laughs> um, over on the the Steve Austin front, um, Steve Austin had his issues. With the NWO still, um, the NWO was was targeting him, mainly Scott Hall, uh, which would result in Austin kidnapping Scott Hall and uh, holding him hostage and kind of taking over SmackDown, an episode of SmackDown. He would lock him in the beer cooler. He had him duct taped and tied up, and eventually he would have his way with the NWO, and it would be, you know, he would even up the odds, so to speak, getting his revenge. And the NWO and Austin would kind of volley back and forth. There was an episode of Raw where the NWO took out Austin and hurt his knee. Scott Hall would use a block to smash his knee and we would see the the, the continuation of this storyline um, on the on the on the front when it comes to the Undertaker and Ric Flair the two of them had their issues stemming from Flair costing Undertaker that match and Taker would would week after week try to challenge Flair to a match at WrestleMania but Flair would refuse because of his role as the co-owner of the WWF Undertaker would attack his best friend Arn Anderson then he would eventually attack his son David Flair and eventually we would get Flair and Undertaker for that WrestleMania um, which Undertaker would be victorious at Austin would eventually get Scott Hall at that WrestleMania, and Austin would get the best of Scott Hall with Kevin Nash in his corner. Not the best match, but it was a fun little match. I'd probably consider it like a, a, a Monday Night Raw main event. Uh, it was held in the middle of the card at WrestleMania, but that WrestleMania was stacked. There was a lot going on, so not everything could be the main event, obviously. And then, of course, we get the classic with Hogan and The Rock um, with, the, with the audience clearly turning Hulk Hogan into a good guy before the match, during the match, and then eventually after the match when Hogan would shake The Rock's hand and show his respect to The Rock, which would then lead to the NWO, Hall and Nash, uh, confronting Hogan during that during the, the, the post-match and attacking him, and we would see Hogan and Rock team up and take out the NWO, and then they would stand tall on the ramp, and all was right with the world. We would see the return of good guy Hulk Hogan. And that's where we would... That's where we would... Uh, we would stand when it comes to the lead up to WrestleMania and beyond. Um, now let's talk about some of the trading places scenarios. Had we got to see Austin versus Hogan, or let's not even talk about that first. Let's talk about what I originally thought we were going to get at WrestleMania. Um, I originally thought we were going to see Austin rock and the undertaker, three staples of the world wrestling federation during the attitude era head to head, the Monday night wars against WCW and that NWO storyline taking on the three original founding members of the NWO Hogan Hall and Nash. Um, I thought this was going to happen mainly because the NWO, Hogan, Hall, and Nash, they hadn't wrestled in quite some time. And putting them in some kind of a singles match, um, respectively, I just thought wasn't going to be the best idea. And plus, um, I, I, I thought that we were going to wait a little longer to see some of these dream matches, like the Hogan Rock one. Um, and I thought with Undertaker and Rock having their issues, Austin having issues with the NWO, it would just be a kind of a formality. The three of them would team together and we would get this big dream team six-man tag team match. But we didn't see that. What we, uh, Like I said, what we saw, Austin and Hall, Hogan and Rock. But that's what I originally thought we were going to see. And how. And now let's talk about how that could have played out. Let's say we did get Austin, Rock, and Undertaker against the NWO. I mean, the NWO, what I thought, I thought we were going to get a recreation of what we saw them do in WCW, just a, a similar takeover, but just the three of them. Maybe adding a few more members here and there, but not like diluting the NWO concept like they had done in WCW. Um, I thought maybe we would, we would see Rock and Undertaker kind of continue their beef, which would lead to some dissension in the team, which would lead to maybe Austin being the odd man out and being outnumbered by the NWO, Hogan getting the pinfall over Austin and kind of planting the seeds further for a Hogan-Austin bout, maybe at a SummerSlam, maybe at SummerSlam later that year. That's what I kind of thought in 2002 we were going to go on that path, um, which would eventually get us to Rock and Undertaker, uh, you know, continuing their beef. 
Um, maybe even Austin having some issues with Rock or Undertaker for leaving him stranded during the NWO tag match at that WrestleMania. Um, it would be a few days later. We would see X-Pac return to WWF television, joining the NWO, natural fit, considering he's got a relationship behind the scenes with Hall and Nash, his history in the NWO during his time in WCW as six. So uh, he, he returned. Uh, maybe he would have, a, maybe he would have played a factor in this match, um, interfering, doing a run-in, causing the NWO to get the victory. Who knows? But that's something I thought we could have we gotten. Now, what if we did get Austin and Hogan? Where does that leave Rock? Where does that leave Undertaker? Where does that leave Hall and Nash? Where does that leave Ric Flair? Well, I could see Hall and Nash as a tag team facing off against The Undertaker and Rock for control of the WWF. Vince McMahon in the NWO's corner, Ric Flair in the Rock and Undertaker's corner. Obviously, there's some dissension with Rock and Undertaker stemming from their issues, um, you know, and their No Way Out match. Ric Flair now getting involved, Ric Flair having a hand in the finish of that match, but Ric Flair needing his two strongest players to eventually um, try to take down the NWO and Vince McMahon for control of the World Wrestling Federation so Vince doesn't kill it. I could see something like that taking place um, very, very quickly during that time in 2002. Now, you also have to remember, Hall and Nash and Hogan, they had, they had some pretty sweet contracts. They were on a very number, a limited number of dates for a lot of money. So I think uh, part of the reason why they originally did Hogan and Rock was to try and get that match because Rock was going to go off and film movies and Hogan wasn't going to be around for very long. Uh, at least that's the, 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 the general idea I got from rumors and innuendo, as they like to say, uh, that I had read. So... Um, yeah, I could I could see Hall and Nash versus Rock and Undertaker, Flair in, in in the corner of Rock and Undertaker, Vince in the corner of Hall and Nash, and maybe this is where they insert X Pac into the mix. He's he's part of the finish. He costs you know Rock and Undertaker the match. Maybe Flair and Vince have a a, a pull apart or some sort of physical altercation on the floor with the referees getting distracted. This is where X Pac rolls in, helps the NWO get the win, um, further continues the, the the seeds of dissension for Undertaker and Rock. If Rock's gonna go still film movies, maybe they do something where the NWO takes out the Rock, or maybe the Undertaker leaves. Leaves the Rock um, stranded, and the NWO picks him apart, and that's how they write the Rock off a of TV. Um, that's something I could definitely see uh, going down in 2002. Had we seen Austin and Hogan? Now let's get to Austin and Hogan, if you will. Let's talk about how we could get to Austin and Hogan for WrestleMania 18. This is the first scenario here, okay? Because, like I said. This could have been done on more than one occasion, more than one WrestleMania, but this is the first one. So I brought to you the alternatives if we got to see Austin and Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Now I'm giving you Austin, Hogan, WrestleMania 18. Um, and kind of throwing in some of the real-time elements into this story, adding a little bit of my own twist to it, and voila, magic. <laughs> but... Um, we would still see the NWO take out Austin at the No Way Out pay-per-view, costing him the WWF championship against Chris Jericho. Now, there's a couple different ways you can go about this. You can put Austin in the same exact role as The Rock was in 2002, the next night on Raw, challenging Hogan to a match at WrestleMania. You could still do the same thing where the NWO were to take out Austin, put him on a stretcher, and then have the semi-truck run over the ambulance with Austin in it. I'm going to leave that part out. Why? Because in 2002, when they did do that with The Rock, Rock came back a week and a half later with a Band-Aid on his fucking nipple. Not an ounce of selling in that attack whatsoever. I just thought it was beyond bullshit and, and, and made me not angry as a fan, but disappointed that they were going to insult our intelligence in that way. You know, they were trying to do everything to make Hulk Hogan the bad guy. They really were. But I think the follow-up was, was, was poor. I didn't mind the whole, you know, Hogan driving the semi-truck into the ambulance. But if Rock was out till at least WrestleMania, I think that would have, I, I think that would have 
been justified. I really do. I, I really feel that way. Because who were they competing with at the time? It's not like they were competing against a, a rival wrestling organization. They were the only game in town at that time. They didn't have to worry about ratings, so to speak. I mean, they did in other avenues of entertainment and sports with professional sports and, and all the reality shows that were out there. But I mean, come on. Wrestling fans were loyal. Like, they were going to watch regardless. If The Rock was out for a few weeks, but you knew you were going to get him at WrestleMania against Hogan, I don't think people would have turned the TV off to wait. You had other great parts of that show. Steve Austin, the NWO, Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, Triple H had made his return. I feel like they could have held off a little bit and, uh, you know, pulled Rock back to sell the attack. But I, in this scenario... Here, here's here's how I could see it go down. I could see Austin um, coming out to try and attack Hulk Hogan after Hogan delivers his speech, basically turning on the fans, telling the fans why he left the WWF in the first place. Same thing he did in 2002 before The Rock challenged him to the match. I could see Austin you know, coming through the crowd or underneath the ring, putting the boots to Hogan. The rest of the NWO shows up. They get the numbers game on him. They get the advantage. And then we see... Um, you know, the NWO take out Austin they, the same way they took out The Rock, the hammer to the back of the head. You could even use the neck. Austin had an, a, a history with neck injuries that was exploited on television. It, it was talked about num numerous times. You, you could easily relate to that. Put him on the stretcher, and he's out of commission. And then maybe the next week, the NWO gloats about it. Or in the next episode of SmackDown, Hogan gloats about taking out Austin. And that's part one of the NWO's takeover to kill the World Wrestling Federation that's been poisoned by Ric Flair. We're going to poison the poison, so to speak. And uh, I could see something where maybe Jim Ross... Um, gives us an update on Austin's physical condition... Um, Maybe, maybe he even alludes to a visit in the hospital, uh, talking about um, how Austin is you know, hurting, but he's on the mend and he's going to be back. And he wants a piece of the NWO when he gets back, and he's going to make sure that that happens. Um, maybe you see the NWO beat up on JR a little bit. You know? Maybe they give JR a beatdown to really add to the, 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 uh, the heat between Austin and them. Um, which would then maybe result in Hogan um, in, in a very cowardly fashion challenging Steve Austin to a match at that WrestleMania saying he's going to finish what he started um, a few weeks prior but at WrestleMania on the grandest stage of them all. And you could even, you could even I can even picture um, a hospital vignette where they show Austin in the hospital and, and – He's being interviewed by Michael Cole or whoever, and he accepts Hogan's challenge and then says he's going to be at SmackDown this Friday or this Thursday or whatever it was. And, you know, out of nowhere, the Austin gets the best of the NWO. Maybe the monster truck runs over the NWO's limo, and then Austin gets into the building, and he, he takes the NWO out one by one um, with help from The Rock and The Undertaker. And you got this solidarity um, between... Um, between all, uh, all uh, you know, three guys, the big figureheads, the flagships of the WWF. We could then pivot to what most big storylines really culminate in is a contract signing. And something of, I mean, contract signings today in wrestling are, you know, very cliche, but during that time period in 2002, they were few and far between, and a matchup of this magnitude, the, the, the two biggest names in all of wrestling and the WWF, Hogan from the 80s, Austin from the 90s, meeting at WrestleMania 18, you would definitely have to see a contract signing um, mid-ring. You could, you could have um, <clears throat> Jim Ross or Michael Cole, whoever, moderate it. Um, maybe Michael Cole, probably because Jim Ross, if, if they were to do the NWO beat down on JR to add to that, um, JR probably wouldn't be the, uh, the, the best um, moderator in that situation. Maybe he would be still selling the attack. So let's just say, for instance, it's Michael Cole. Or better yet, let's say it's Mean Gene. Really beef it up a little bit. Add some WrestleMania flair to it. Um, and uh, you put, you know, Austin on one side with Ric Flair kind of somewhat, you know, backing him so to speak and then you have Vince McMahon on the other side backing Hulk Hogan the rest of the NWO there um, maybe maybe not probably not in this instance you don't really need them there for this um, and I, I can I can 
picture um, the two of them going back and forth regarding their resumes and what they've done for the wrestling business and Hogan giving his reason as to why he targeted Austin, maybe to, 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 to add another notch on his resume, so to speak. Austin, you know, Austin's Austin. He could just, you know, he, he could just tell us that he's, he's, he wants to kick Hogan's ass because that's what he does. Um, and because, you know, Hogan and the NWO targeted him. Now he's going to make them a target. So um, I wouldn't get any physicality um, in this situation here. I wouldn't add that to it because I think we've seen a fair amount. Um, and in some ways, we might it might even be overkill, especially heading into the match. But that's what I would I would put the go home Raw or SmackDown um, centered around is the Hogan Austin contract signing for the WrestleMania 18 match. Now we get to the match itself. Um, we know that in 2002, when Hogan wrestled Rock, um, as the weeks built up, um, despite what they tried to portray Hogan as, the fans were getting behind him. It was a nostalgia run. Even though he was wearing the NWO colors, they wanted to see, you know, the Hulk Hogan of old, the red and yellow Hulk Hogan. Um, and the fans in Toronto really voiced that uh, that night when he faced The Rock. Overwhelming uh, response to Hogan, um, even though he came out the NWO music and um, the people were behind him 100%. When The Rock came out, they were he was the bad guy. <laughs> to, to the audience even though the story had told us differently he was the bad guy um in this case toronto i can see the audience going 50 50 maybe 60 40 hogan but i can see it won't be as strong of a response because austin is just as popular as hogan if not more popular in some regards so i could see this match going down the same way in similar fashion um even with hogan pre-match telling the nwo you guys stay here you guys wait for me you know once once i get done beating on austin we're gonna go celebrate nwo style we could beat him down etc etc you don't need to come out for the match and obviously this match would probably take place um after the NWO had gained control over the WWF with that victory over Rock and Undertaker with the next Pac running. And uh, so now you'll see the seeds of, of dissension within the NWO maybe, because I think the audience would still be, even though it's Hogan and Austin, I think they would still want to see Hulk Hogan as a good guy. So I'm going to kind of take that, that element from 2002, that vignette that we saw when Hogan told the rest of the NWO guys, I'm going to beat rock. I'm going to do it on my own. I need you to hang back. And the NWO really wasn't too pleased with it, but they went along with it for the most part. And then eventually, like I said, we saw Hogan and Rock shake hands. NWO came out to beat him down. Rock made the save. All was right with the world. This match here, Hogan and Austin, I don't expect it to go very long because of the physical limitations from both guys austin with his series of injuries hogan with his and his age and not having wrestled for a long time but i think it's going to be a spectacle i think the psychology um of the two and the crowd in toronto um i think it will be something to to be remembered nobody will be remembering the holds and but they'll remember the psychology of the match um with the crowd just kind of back and forth, you know, Austin, Hogan, Austin, Hogan. Um, and then eventually Austin getting the better of Hogan, dropping him with a couple of stone cold stunners and, and cementing his legacy as the greatest of all time. Because let's face it, whether it's in this scenario or in 2002, Hulk Hogan, after leaving the WWF and going to WCW and doing everything he did to try and help put vince mcmahon out of business regardless of what people say vince mcmahon will always 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 have the final say and there was no way that vince was gonna let hogan go over on one of his guys like the rock and that's the same for this scenario here he's not gonna let hogan go over austin um so I see Austin with the victory here and Austin delivering the stunner. Maybe Hogan realizing the error of his ways. He goes to shake Austin's hand and uh, Austin drops him with another stunner because that's stone cold. He celebrates beer bash, et cetera, et cetera. NWO come to run down and 
uh, you know, make the save, and they get up, they help Hogan up, and next thing you know, they beat him down, and it's, Ho it's Hall, Nash, and X-Pac, and you can even have Vince out there if you want, um, beating on Hogan, and then that's maybe where we would see an Austin running, where Austin would make the save, and, and you get that same moment where Austin and Hogan are, are walking up the ramp, you know, with beers in their hands they toast to the crowd they toast each other at the top of the ramp and we get that full baby face turn of hulk hogan um now the other scenario is is that we could see and i don't think this would happen if this were to have occurred but I, we could see the nwo continue their dominance and have hogan beat austin and we could build towards the nwo continuing to run roughshod over the wwf by being that poison to kill vince's creation but i don't think that's the likely scenario i'm gonna go with the one i just presented austin getting a victory Hogan getting dumped from the NWO, the full babyface turn, et cetera, et cetera. And then maybe we see a series of matches where Hogan and Austin are teaming up against the NWO, similar to what we saw in 2002 when Rock and Hogan teamed up to take on the other three members of the NWO, Hall, Nash, and X-Pac. Um, you know, to, to, to maybe beef up the NWO, you were to add a Big Show to the mix because Big Show had ties with the NWO. Mr. Perfect was a, was a, a regular on the WWF roster at that time. Um, maybe you add him to the NWO um, and, and put on the NWO colors for him. His history in WCW as a member of the NWO, it would just fit and make sense. But... Um, yeah, that's the, that's the likely scenario when it comes for WrestleMania 18, Hogan versus Austin. Now let's talk about how we could have seen Austin versus Hogan at WrestleMania 19 and how that affects that card in 2003, just a year later. But before we do that, let's get you to real-time 2003 and the events that led up to WrestleMania 19 involving some of these players. We had Hulk Hogan returning to SmackDown following the 2003 Royal Rumble event, confronted by Vince McMahon, and they planted the seeds for a future match, possibly at a WrestleMania. We would then get Hogan versus Rock Part 2 for the No Way Out 2003 pay-per-view, with Vince costing Hogan that match in a very Montreal Screwjob-like type fashion and setting the seeds for their match at WrestleMania 19. Um, we would get weeks and weeks of promos from the guys, uh, even some of some individuals from Hogan and Vince's past, like Mean Gene, Roddy Piper, Bobby the Brain Heenan, some sports uh, uh, dignitaries and celebrities like Bob Costas and, and um, other big names talking about the confrontation between Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. Um, we would get the the infamous contract signing on, on an episode of SmackDown with Mean Gene as the moderator, and Vince would attack Hogan from behind with a steel chair, beating the shit out of him with that chair, wearing him out with that thing, and then uh, Hogan would be busted wide open. Vince would take the pen that was to be used to sign the contract and took Hogan's blood and smeared it all over the contract and now forcing Hogan to sign the contract in his own blood, which I thought was, uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, it comes time to match time at WrestleMania 19, and Hogan would defeat Vince um, in that street fight. Now, mind you, the stipulations for that match was was that if Hogan lost, he would his career would be over. He would have to leave the WWF, and so Hogan would would get the best of Vince. Um, he had a run-in by Roddy Piper, which was a pretty cool moment. Um, the referee that helped uh, Vince McMahon screw Hogan at the uh, the, the No Way Out pay-per-view against The Rock, uh, Sylvain Grenier, uh, he would make an appearance in the match. Hogan would dispose of him. Sylvain Grenier would eventually move into a tag team with Rene Dupree as La Résistance. Um, and uh, Hogan, you know, would would get the victory and come out on top in, in bloody fashion. Probably one of my favorite Hulk Hogan matches of all time, just because of the history um, with his relationship with Vince and how it all unfolded and how it got to this point. Um, I, and it was a nostalgia match. It was just so cool. It's fun to watch. And uh, for, for those of you out there that... Um, you know, that the, the have WWE Network, uh, hopefully you do, because to, to, to do these watch-alongs that we have sometimes, you need WWE Network. So uh, if you have WWE Network, go find Hogan Vince, and I'm telling you, it's just it's just a fun match to watch. It's all kinds of crazy gaga and carnage, but it's, it's a fun match to watch. Uh, so we would get that, Vince and Hogan. And then 
Um, not long after that, um, following that, I believe Hogan would, um, Vince would, would suspend Hogan indefinitely and tell him he was going to ride out the rest of his contract on the sidelines. You can't, fi you can't fire him, but he would ride out the rest of his contract and he would not be a part of the World Wrestling Federation. And then that would eventually lead to the, the Mr. America storyline. And then Hogan would eventually would be gone not too long after that. So um, now on the other side, um, when it comes to Steve Austin, um, his involvement getting to WrestleMania was an interesting was an interesting ride, so to speak, because he was gone from the company. 2002, he had walked out on WWE behind the scenes. He had just had enough. There were some creative issues, injuries piling up, and he had just had enough, and he walked away, and he had no contact with the company for quite some time. And so eventually they would they would touch base and they would work some stuff out and they introduced Austin back to television by inserting him into uh, a storyline with Eric Bischoff. Um, and how they would do that is Vince McMahon would kind of give Bischoff an ultimatum. You need to turn things around on Monday Night Raw, otherwise you're fired. You need to shake things up. And so um, Bischoff had decided that the only way to do that is to bring the guy back that used to shake things up on raw every single week and that's stone cold steve austin um and and bischoff's got 30 days to do it um they, they film a series of vignettes where bischoff is in austin texas searching for stone cold and he's nowhere to be found he'd go to the local dive bars he would go just about anywhere that he had heard austin was gonna be at one point he even went to austin's house i think um they did a, a, a they filmed a, a a vignette where he knocked on the door no one answered um and also during this build-up bischoff would get into it with jr who had a close relationship with stone cold steve austin behind the scenes and they alluded to that on camera um jr had no reservations of helping bischoff out when it came to finding austin uh, which is very important to to note just hold on to that because bischoff would would eventually need jr um to get austin back because he just couldn't find him anywhere um so then the 30 days ends and vince decides bischoff you're done you're fired you're out of here um and he reveals that jim ross is the new general manager of monday night raw jr unbeknownst to him had no idea this was going to happen wants no part of it eventually he gets a hold of steve austin he says vince vince i don't want this job this isn't for me but i just got off the phone with austin he's gonna be at no way out um he'll be at the pay-per-view this sunday guarantee it you got my word and vince then decides to rehire eric bischoff um, but under one condition, that he must wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin at the No Way Out pay-per-view, which brings us to a huge, huge crescendo here at the pay-per-view as we get Austin returning in Montreal. Place went crazy, absolutely nuts for him. One of the biggest pops I've ever heard watching on TV. And then, of course, JR's call of the action uh, was pretty hilarious because a few weeks prior, Bischoff had attacked him on television, took him out. So he had a little more personal thoughts when it came to his commentary of that match. Austin would get the victory, wiping the floor with Bischoff. Um... And then Bischoff was trying to hatch a plan to get his revenge on Austin. And part of that plan was bringing The Rock over to Monday Night Raw, who was exclusive property to SmackDown at the time. And Rock would call out Austin because he wanted one more match for the two of them at WrestleMania. Um, and Austin would gladly accept, and we would get the games of one min, you know, one one minship or one upsmanship, excuse me, uh, by both guys week after week. Rock would cost Austin a one-on-one -on -one match with Bischoff by interfering, and Bischoff getting the cover. Austin would then cost the Rock a one-on-one -on -one match with the Hurricane, which is probably touted as one of the greatest upsets in wrestling history. Uh, Hurricane defeating the Rock live on Monday Night Raw in the main event. I've actually talked with uh, Shane Helms about that on a personal level, um, which I'll probably get into it another day. But, yeah, that, that's definitely a, a major moment in Monday Night Raw history. Uh, and then we would get the two of them going one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania. Um, and unbeknownst to all of us wrestling fans, we didn't know this at the time, but that match almost didn't happen. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would... Um, would uh, suffer a panic attack and have to go to the hospital and um 
he almost didn't make the match but um, he managed to fight through because you know he wanted to do the favor for the rock and uh, it wasn't their best outing but it was still a pretty damn good match it was still fun um, you know they've had three classic wrestlemania matches and honestly you know each one told a different story each one was good in its own right so you really can't say which one was better than the other but if you're gonna go one two and three i would go wrestlemania 17 is the first one wrestlemania 15 is the second one but not far behind obviously wrestlemania 19 with these two guys like i said really fun match uh, both guys brought it great chemistry between each other the rock would eventually get the pinfall defeating austin with three rock bottoms and we would kind of get austin's little send off at safeco field that night which we didn't know at the time we didn't know they didn't bring it up on commentary it wasn't alluded to uh until the next night kind of where um bischoff um would end up firing austin because he wasn't medically cleared to compete he was hiding the fact that he was spent the night in the hospital the night before now at that time watching that i didn't realize that 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 was true i just thought that was a storyline but eventually in a wrestlemania style documentary that was narrated by jesse ventura the following year the cameras behind the scenes had detailed what had taken place with Austin um, prior to that WrestleMania. And so it would eventually be true. And they kind of used that into the storyline as a way to write Austin off TV and add more um, heat to his issues with Bischoff. So we get to now the trading places scenario. Austin versus Hogan. Now what happens to vince mcmahon what happens to the rock um in these uh in 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 this scenario here because as we know rock wrestled austin hogan wrestled vince well vince is still going to kind of be a part of this hogan austin thing i'll get to that in a minute as far as the rock goes you can kind of insert him into a couple of different areas here okay um if you really want to be bold um you know, the, the Rock at the time had kind of taken on this heel persona, um, coming back from making movies and, and acting like the WWF and wrestling was too good for him, but he was still a part of it. So um, if you really want to be bold, you could have done Rock versus Goldberg at that WrestleMania because Goldberg would eventually debut the next night on, on Monday Night Raw, attacking The Rock, setting up their match for the Backlash pay-per-view um, in April of 2003. But... Um, I don't think they would have really I don't think they would have stacked it that hard. I don't think they would have stacked that WrestleMania that hard. Um, I think Rock and Goldberg needed its own place. Uh, and I wouldn't say it would overshadow Austin and Hogan and some of the other great matches, but I just think for Goldberg's debut of that magnitude, WrestleMania probably wasn't the best place for him. Considering he hadn't wrestled in a couple of years and um, you know, he was wrestling the Rock who was part-time at that point even though rock was still a stud in the ring as an athlete um i just don't think wrestlemania would have been would have been would have shown those guys in the best light granted backlash wasn't the greatest either uh if you go back and you watch that match on the network was not the best but um like i said if you want to go bold you can go rock goldberg at wrestlemania you know goldberg kind of being the savior and trying to shut the rock up and maybe sending him packing but they needed a big draw for a pay-per-view, and, you know, I, I get why they, they saved it for Backlash. Um, rock, Rock, Rock. Where do you put Rock? Um, you can insert him in a number of different angles, okay? Uh, let's start with the World Heavyweight Championship that took place at that WrestleMania. Booker T and Triple H going one-on-one -on -one. um there was some steam in that storyline there was uh some some uh, uh racial overtones and some sensitivity to um some of the stereotypes that they were portraying booker t as as an african-american uh performer and um you know I, I don't think that was the best um build up uh, the best way to build up um the match between him and triple h so um in the event of trying to 
save any kind of fan backlash, maybe throwing the rock into the mix and making it a triple threat would be um, would be a good way to help that out. Um, if you remember the night after the No Way Out 2003 pay-per-view on Monday Night Raw, there was a number one contender's battle royal. The winner would face the world champion at WrestleMania, and Booker T won that by eliminating The Rock. Now, Rock had special favors from Eric Bischoff to get over to Monday Night Raw, so it really wouldn't surprise me if The Rock somehow got a special favor to be included in the championship match. Maybe Rock were to have defeated Booker T or even Triple H at a later date to get his, to get his way into that match. Rock also had issues with Triple H over the years. So that can be easily revisited and putting him into that situation, making it a triple threat match, making that world title match that much more important and also kind of straying away from the, the racial overtones that were presented in that storyline uh, with Triple H and Booker T. Um, that's one scenario I, I, I could have seen. Um, with, you know, Triple H coming out the victor in that uh, by pinning Booker T. Rock just kind of having an important role in the match, um, an important WrestleMania match. His role would be to just beef up that match, I guess you could say. Um, another match you could kind of you could kind of play around with um, on a number of different levels is um, the WWE Championship match. Uh, it was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, and Brock Lesnar had won the Royal Rumble to earn an opportunity at the WWE Championship. He had chosen Kurt Angle. Uh, he had some issues with Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle, um, along with Paul Heyman, tricked Brock Lesnar into helping him win the WWE Championship at Armageddon in 2000, December of 2002. So Brock was on a mission to try and kill anything that Paul Lee threw in front of him. He had Big Show, he had Team Angle, then eventually Kurt Angle. Um, so Rock had history with both Kurt Angle and, and, and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar had defeated The Rock for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam 2002, the only match to this day uh, that these two have had. Um, and that's another match that's been rumored for, for WrestleMania's um, the last several years, and maybe that'll be another trading places or another discussion for another day. But um, Rock was ex exclusive property of SmackDown. Um, Rock never got his championship rematch from losing to Brock Lesnar at that SummerSlam. Um, you could have easily made a case um, in the storyline of The Rock inserting himself into the championship mix, and it's just another obstacle for Brock Lesnar to get by to become the the, the WWE champion once again. Um, it would it would kind of take away from the issues Brock had with Kurt Angle because that match stood the test of time on its own but um yeah it, it's a situation where um it would add to it but it could also take away from it you know what i mean the because of the history that brock had with kurt angle because of what they were building up um but it would also at the same time like i said adding to it would also add the 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 bigger reaction and the bigger moment for Brock had he defeated both of those guys in the same match, had he defeated both Kurt Angle and The Rock in a triple threat match. Here's another scenario here when it comes to that. Rock, um, you know, Kurt Angle, I'm sorry, Kurt Angle at the time uh, was going through some neck issues and he was rumored to have, he was rumored to eventually walk away from WWE. There was a chance that him and Brock was not going to happen at that WrestleMania. Um, and there was talk of even like putting Chris Benoit in and doing Brock and Benoit for the title at that WrestleMania that year. Like the title would be vacant. Um, but they decided to continue with Kurt, and that would be Kurt's last match before he had the neck surgery. But let's say, for instance, if they went Austin Hogan and Rock had nobody to wrestle, you could have easily put Rock in Kurt Angle's place, and the vacant WWE championship is on the line. Brock Lesnar, who earned the opportunity by winning the Royal Rumble to, to, to face the champion at WrestleMania on one side, and then The Rock, who never got his rematch 
from losing the title to Brock at SummerSlam 2002 is automatically put into the mix. And now you have instant history between these two guys. Brock, Rock, main event WrestleMania for the vacant WWE Championship. Talk about really making Brock. If Brock got another victory over the Rock to become the WWE Champion once again, I mean, it, it, it would have been huge. Not that Brock wasn't made before, but man, that they would have really, you would have really, really, really shown the fans that you were behind Brock 100%. Like you put all your chips in on Brock and he was the future, even though it was kind of alluded to. And in, to some regard, it was, he was looked at as the future beating rock two times clean on a pay-per-view for the belt. And one of them being the main event or both of them being the main event of the pay-per-view SummerSlam and WrestleMania respectively. It would have been huge. Um, that's another avenue they could have taken had Rock not wrestled Austin and had Vince not wrestled Hogan and had Kurt Angle actually stepped aside. Um, now, the third option for The Rock, I could see it taking place, but I don't think it's the likely scenario is if they, or should I say fourth, because I did Goldberg, I did the triple threat, I did the another, this is about five or six options for The Rock had he not wrestled Austin and had Austin wrestled Hogan. Rock and Undertaker, one-on-one. -on -one. Um... They could easily have thrown something together with the two of them, but I don't think they would have done that necessarily. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's something that they that was even on the table um, or would have been on the table. But I think that's something that could have been easily plausible. Most people don't look at Undertaker's streak and say, damn, that match a Big Show and A-Train, that handicap match was fucking awesome. Hell no. But if they did Rock and Undertaker at that WrestleMania then we might be talking something different. So those are some of the, uh, the, 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 the scenarios that we, um, that, that we could, we could see with the rock, um, had Austin and Hogan met. Now let's get to the scenario here. Trading places, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 19. All right. Um, kind of going back. Um, like I said, same, same way I kind of, led us up to WrestleMania 18 um, and, and constructed those scenarios. I'm going to do the same thing for WrestleMania 19 here. Um, you know, Hogan would want a piece of Vince for costing him his match with the Rocket No Way Out. Um, Vince, who orchestrated the Austin Bischoff match for that same pay-per-view, now realizes that he needs Stone Cold Steve Austin to take out Hulk Hogan. He also realizes that he needs to iron out his issues with Austin from that walkout from the year prior, which is something that was mentioned on television, by the way. Um, Austin, all he all he's ever wanted to do is just beat somebody's ass, but he's not going to do it because Vince McMahon said so. He's not Vince's puppet, as we all know, the, the history that the two of them have both on screen and behind the scenes. Um, Bischoff... He, he just wants no part of Austin anymore physically after what happened at the pay-per-view, but he wants revenge on Vince for setting up the match, so he tries to enlist in Hogan to do his dirty work, dating back to their ties in WCW, which I think is a nice little twist here. Um, despite their friendship, Hogan knows what kind of a rat Bischoff is. He's skeptical of trusting him, but he's got nobody else he can trust because he's, he's up against it with Vince. Um, Vince being the the... the the, the visionary that he is, he sees the big money in the matchup and knows Austin wants this match to cement his legacy. He needs Austin to accept this match. It could all come down to Austin agreeing to do the match, but not to do Vince's bidding, but to get a piece of Hogan that he couldn't get the previous year. Now, let me stop you right there. You can go one of two ways to get to Hogan and Austin at WrestleMania 19. You could go with the idea that Austin didn't get a piece of Hogan at, the, at WrestleMania the year prior, okay? And it was Hogan and Rock. Or you can go the rematch route. Now, I'm going to, for, for, for the interest of this scenario, I'm going to go with the first scenario and say that this match is happening because they couldn't hook it up at WrestleMania the year prior. Now, allow me to continue. Um... Vince eventually books this match. We get the face-off between the two. Um, 
and eventually we get you know I could I could picture you know some kind of back and forth mic work between both guys in the ring. Now both of them are baby faces, mind you. Okay, this isn't Austin babyface Hogan heel NWO anymore. This is Hulk Hogan red and yellow Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you know what I mean. Um, Austin could claim that Hogan tried to dodge him last year. Um, and then Hogan could claim that Austin and his personal issues kind of took over and he lost sight of the big picture. Um, both obviously touting their accolades, both wanting to prove who the best is, who the greatest of all time is. Um, but both know that Bischoff and Vince have ulterior motives. They're in it for, for the money. Um, we could get similar vignettes that we saw for the buildup for Hogan and McMahon at WrestleMania 19 from, you know, respective colleagues of Hogan and Austin. You know, we could see Mr. Wonderful, Roddy Piper, maybe even a Randy Savage vignette. Bobby Heenan, Mean Gene, Ric Flair, Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley. You know, all those guys delivering their thoughts on this big monumental match that is finally going to happen. Um... One thing that I loved about um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin Rock buildup to WrestleMania 17 was the sit-down interview that JR did with both Austin and The Rock in the locker room, talking about the importance of the match. I really felt that that helped sell the build towards their WrestleMania match, and that's something I, I would like to see in this scenario with Hogan and Austin maybe getting Mean Gene or uh, JR to to conduct a face-to-face -a -a -face sit down pre-tape, like in a locker room or in a private setting. Uh, maybe even get some individual sit downs with Hogan being interviewed by Mean Gene from his era and Austin being interviewed by JR from his era talking about their thoughts on the match both guys legacies why they want this match um etc etc um kind of like the Wrestlemania 18 scenario I could see a contract signing being something that really seals the deal on this uh no physicality between the two but just more of the same that we've been getting where you know Austin and Hogan both need to prove something to themselves and to the other opponent that you know who's the greatest of all time who's the Babe Ruth of the WWF who's the guy that 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 you know is the face of the WWF and um you got a classic. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, I think we would get a classic out of those two, even at that stage in their age, based on psychology alone. Like I said, WrestleMania 18. Um, I feel like we could, you know, the, the crowd would be 50-50, but it's all about the spectacle. The match is selling you itself. The get, to get there, the, 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 the marquee is selling it. Nobody's going to give a shit about, you know, arm drags and drop kicks, et cetera, et cetera. The two guys are going to bring their best. It's going to be like a greatest hits between both guys. And I think we would get the same thing we would get with Hogan and Austin from the previous year with Austin getting the better of Hogan. Um, I could see, you know, once again, you know, with Vince's involvement in this match and Bischoff as well, I could see Vince um, gloating that Steve Austin got beat. Um, even kind of kicking him while he's down, you know, um, mocking him, laughing in his face. Uh, as Hogan tries to pick himself up after suffering this, this, this huge loss to Steve Austin, Bischoff could even join in on the fun and berate Hogan, being upset and disappointed that Hogan lost for him, even though Hogan was never really fighting for him to begin with. Um, and then eventually I could see Hulk Hogan managing to come back, doing his signature, you know, uh, shaking of the, of, the, of the head and doing the, you, and he, you know, delivers rights and lefts to Bischoff and Vince. Um, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if you get a couple of random heels like Big Show and A-Train to run down and attack Hogan. Um, which would then result in Austin coming back to make the save, delivering a few stunners, a toast with Hogan, and then they walk up the ramp together and toast the crowd as WrestleMania 19 were to go off the air. And those are the two scenarios as to how we would get Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan at either WrestleMania 18 and WrestleMania 19, and where are the other important players um, in those respective uh, respective time periods where they land too um now let's talk about as to why in real time these matches didn't happen uh let's go first wrestlemania 18 austin has claimed in, in many public interviews in the past that um you know he was he was passed over for this match um but 
at the same time, he also claims that he didn't want this match because he felt like this match was going to stink the joint out. Um, that in his stage in his career, he didn't need to prove anything to Hogan. And, um, you know, he, he was also very protective of his position in the company and his position in the industry and his name and his spot in the industry. And Austin has even said um, the real issue would come down to the politics and, and, and who's who, who, who wants to do business. Um, so he feels like that would get in the way. And I'm assuming that's based on a reputation Hogan had for conducting business behind the scenes, allegedly during his years in the business, both WWF and WCW. Um, we would also hear Hogan kind of pitching for that match over time, um, over the course of, of, of several years. WrestleMania 19, from what I've heard, it was rumored, but it was never really discussed. It was just something that was thrown out there, but they just kind of, they, they, they were trying to, they were trying to get Stone Cold back into the mix. And they, I think management knew that, you know, he didn't have met, many matches in him and with the way he had left the company a year prior um the hogan subject was not something that they were going to um approach him about um and i think there were still some underlying issues that he had with hogan at that time so it wasn't even a discussion um you know w with either of those guys it was brought up from what i had heard but it was something that they just felt like i don't think we need to go there um now over the years Hogan had kind of pitched the match. I know he's pitched usually around WrestleMania time. He's always pitching something. Um, you know, earlier last year, he pitched an idea to wrestle Vince. Uh, and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame this year with the NWO. So uh, I'm sure he's going to have some kind of involvement on the WrestleMania card, um, being in, it's in his hometown of Tampa, Florida as well. But um, <clears throat> most notably um, on WWE television, it was at the October 3rd edition of Monday Night Raw in 2005. It was their homecoming episode when they returned to USA. Hogan was being interviewed by Mean Gene, and he threw the idea out there in the middle of the ring of challenging Stone Cold Steve Austin to a match at WrestleMania, which according to the legend, the urban legend, was that Hogan kind of went into business for himself and didn't really... Um, didn't really uh, talk to management about that. Uh, the, didn't discuss with them what the promo was going to consist of. And this was something he just threw out there on the fly. And they were none too happy about that scenario. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, Austin would retort that statement by kind of getting people excited at the at the uh the hall of fame induction ceremony in 2006 the night before wrestlemania 22 and he had said he had a big fat can of whoop ass ready to uh, unload on hulkamania um which you know kind of got everybody really fired up if you go back and you watch that that ceremony he was inducting bret hart and before he went into his speech he hogan was sitting behind him and he had he had made that statement and the place exploded and people wanted to see austin and hogan Hogan. And even in interviews after that, Austin had said that we'll never get to see that match. I don't need to wrestle. Um, my body can't handle it. There's been a lot of different reasons as to you know why Austin has said that um, in the past why he didn't want to wrestle Hogan. Um, however, in recent years, I remember on an interview he did with Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray on Busted Open, uh, he talks about how he kicks himself in the ass for not um, for not agreeing to uh, work in a match with Hogan at a WrestleMania, talking about how he let his pride and his ego get in the way, and he was so worried about the match stinking the joint up that he should he should have bit and and realized how much money he could have made with Hulk Hogan. Um, it's one of those situations and scenarios. Like I said, it's the one that got away, but it's one of those where um, you know you could. You could come up with so many different cool and fun ways to get to that match um, that it's something that's going to be talked about for years and years to come. I'm sure other people are going to do podcasts as to why this match never happened. I wanted to do it because it's the biggest dream match that never took place at a WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania season. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of WrestleMania themed shows this this time of year and i just thought it'd be really cool to kind of explore the what ifs and how we could have gotten hogan and austin on not one 
but two separate occasions and I hope I did you all justice um, hope you like some of the ideas if you guys have any different scenarios or different ways we could have got Austin and Hogan at a Wrestlemania feel free to hit us up on our social media both on Facebook and Twitter um, and, and, and or slide in my DMs and, uh, and tell me how you would have gotten to see Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin at a WrestleMania. How would you have booked it? How would you have trade, traded places with Austin versus Hogan and made sure that that wasn't the WrestleMania match that got away? And with that being said, I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count. All the what-if scenarios, the role reversals, they've all been laid out on the table. Austin's dropped a few stunners. Hogan's given a couple of leg drops. They've toasted each other. They've cupped the ear. They've signed the deal. They've made it official. The, the, the dream match that got away. All of that. All of that is now over, and we will see you all next week.